Hi, Roach Riders and Indigo Angels. Just Lauren here. Uh, welcome to part one of the Roach Coach Podcast Rock and Pod Expo 2 series of episodes, part one of two. Uh, this week, you'll hear our reports from the expo floor as we talk to comedian Earl Skakel about boy bands and the rise and fall of new metal. We talk to comedian Craig Gass, and he tells us a bananas story that left us scarred for life. Producer Toby Wright sits down with us to talk about producing Follow the Leader, producing for Seven Dust, and so much more. We get, uh, we fall in love. No lie. Uh, plus, we have an appearance from Josh Toomey of the Talk To Me podcast. This episode has it all. As always, find every episode of Roach Coach at roachcoach.com. Send us an email at roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're on all of them. Say hi on whichever one you choose. And uh, without further ado, Roach Coach at Rockin' Pod. Hello, and welcome to the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey into the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Bloomer. Hello. The original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. We are at the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo 2 here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. You can hear it's buzzing. It's wild. The room is active. Everyone is dressed like a member of KISS. That's only half true. And uh, we are excited to be here. Well, I think the first question right out the gate is, uh, are we Star Childs? Or are we the cat guy? I don't know all the KISS members. Um, I like Ace Freely. He always seemed like a pretty cool guy. The Space Ace? Yeah. Yeah, he seemed like the, you know, yeah. He, just, he, he, was, he was just there to just rip it up. And just do some solos. Which KISS member are you, Jenny? Um, I'm um, Pete Best. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. You, the, you the bassist that was fired from the Beatles? I thought he was the drummer. He drummer? was the drummer. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you can't tell if he's in Kiss or not because of the face paint. Ah. That's the that's secret. It. That's the little known thing. Um, so what do, what, do we, what do we want to talk about? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, why don't you tell them what we're going to do today? All right. So today uh, we will be sitting down with a number of various rock and roll luminaries, producers, artists, along with a couple um, comedians. Some based around rock and roll, I assume. We don't really know. We're going to chat with we them. We have no idea who I, we're we should, talk yeah. to today. Yeah, we, we should put that really out there. that we don't, we don't know what's about to happen. Everything you hear is very seat of the pants. And uh, we hope it's good. Now, we do need to let our faithful Roach Riders and Indigo Angels know that Brian Hedwelch unfortunately had to ca- cancel after the untimely death of Jonathan Davis's wife. Yes. Uh, we send out our thoughts to the family. We do. Uh, we respect that decision one million percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's your yeah. family. That's the people you know and love. you got to take care of them. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Our hope is that we can reach out to the management of HEAD and maybe do a phone call, a 15-minute Skype or something like that. Some, just to, you know, talk about this doc. Jenny and I read like half of the book. We read some of the book. We read some of his book. We stopped uh, reading. And we <laughs> dropped out. We did. We did. Full disclosure. Yeah. We hope to sit down with him at some point in the near future. Coming up, yeah, though, we will uh, we will be sitting down with Toby Wright, producer of such albums as Third Strike, Lost Angel, and most importantly, let's just be real, Follow the Leader. Oh, yeah. Uh which recently celebrated its 20th anniversary. 20 years? 20 years of Follow the Leader. 20 years. And Jar- I like how I said that accusingly. Like, 20 years? 20 years. How dare they? And interestingly enough, Jonathan Davis has been doing some interviews. And he has said that when they do the anniversary concerts in Las Vegas and California in September, they are not doing All in the Family. That's what I heard as well. Thirded. How do you feel about that, Jenny? I don't... Well, okay. I also said, I don't care, (laughs) which is the real answer, podcast answer, and also true answer. Probably for the best. Mm -hmm. I said, good call. Yeah. Yeah. um, They also will not be doing uh, chemiotosis. Oh, well, that's a big mistake, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, how can you not do such a classic ripper as Camel Toses? This is true. Um, hey, as long as they do the Cheech and Chong song, all right? Right. right. Where head and monkey switch guitars and things get crazy. When lead goes to rhythm mm. and rhythm goes to lead. That's right. Um, I can feel us straining to come ooh, up with shit. baby. This is real crazy. When, when we don't have an album to talk about, we're just like, what do we say? There's just so much going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we've got, so we are, just to, to paint a visual picture, a mental picture for you guys, uh, we are set up in a booth, basically overlooking the entire convention. We have a bird's eye view of everything. We can see the petition for Bill L. Coyne to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We can see way over the podcast Rock City booth. We've got some nice banners up. We've got our banner up, which looks great. Yep. Got uh, in there with some twine, hung it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now there's a panel going on up on the stage talking about the future of rock. We've already, we've already touched base with our boy, Mr. Josh Toomey of the Talk To Me podcast. Talk to uh, the guys from Discography Discussion. Dan already has picked up a vinyl copy of Sepultura's Roots. Beat me to it. Beat Matt to it. But I'm out there combing the merch to yeah. find that one item. Which, by the way, it looks like at this point it's going to be a record because there is a ton of vinyl a here. A lot of vinyl. Not I didn't see any CDs. I uh, saw some cassette tapes. That does me no good. But okay. Uh, there was some CDs. Uh, I'll show you. Okay. I mean, worst case scenario, you will give away this copy of, uh, I can see it from where I'm sitting, it is um, a vinyl copy of Chinese Democracy. I think people will be really thrilled about that. Some people... <laughs> Nothing more new metal. Well, some, here's the thing. That is the record, because um, he, he recorded it over since uh, Axl Rose recorded it over such a long period of time. It's got like uh, 15 years of genres on it. So there's like a new metal type of song on it, and there's everything. Yeah, it's all over the place. I'm a little surprised nobody submitted any songs for that, for the new metal songs by non-new metal artists. No shots, just surprised. So more to come. More to come. <laughs> Rock and Pod Expo. While we adjust to our busy settings that is not the Indigo Basement. It certainly this is This is not. completely distracting, and we are not doing a good job adapting. <laughs> Enjoy. We are here at the Nashville Rocket Pod Expo with Earl Skakel. Earl, you are a comedian. Yes, indeed. Okay, what brings you to Rock and Pod? Uh, this this whole experience, to be honest with uh-huh. you. And uh, I have a show tomorrow night at Zany's with Craig Gass and Courtney Cronin. Uh, but uh, originally it was to meet Vinny Vincent. Oh, oh yeah. sorry about that. Well, hey, we were uh, our big thing was to meet Head from Corn. So right, you know, I know. So, he just yeah. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, everybody's dealing with the ups and downs. Um, the uh, premise of our show is that it's all about new metal, Corn, Limp Biscuit, all of that. I mean, I'm a Limp Biscuit fan. Yes. Wow, okay. All right. I don't hate. Oh, okay. We're huge Limp Biscuit fans. Um, basically, the whole premise of the podcast is that new metal has been maligned by the world. It was the most popular music in the world for a very long time. Oh, for sure. And uh, so we are giving it its proper reassessment. We are uh, listening to an album a week, and we go through it track by track and decide if it is the best of the genre, and then we put it into our personal new metal canon. So in the canon right now, what we got? We got Static X. We got both Limp Bizkit. Yeah, we've done two Limp Bizkit so far. We've done $3 Bill, and we've done Significant Other. Both are in. Um, But only select tracks off the first Korn album, which is a big blowback. Well, how are you feeling on Korn? I like... I'm not their biggest fan. I'm not a hater. I just like the more poppier new metal bands, like the Limp Bizkit. Uh, Basically, any band who would do a theme song for the WWE... Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Disturbed. I, Disturbed. Yeah. Uh, so, because I think most new metal bands are 
were 80s metal fans. Mm -hmm. But they just figured out, we can't make money playing this music anymore. We're going to play a yeah. little more aggressive yeah. side of the, of the music. Absolutely. So, do, uh, have you ever seen Limp Bizkit in concert? Anything like that? I've met Fred Durst many times at the Comedy Store. Ooh. Because he's, uh, he's like the Gene Simmons of new metal. He, uh, <laughs> he's producing things. He's, I think, at one point wanted to get into stand-up. And, and thank God that... I mean, I love him, but, you know, I yeah. shouldn't be singing. Um, yeah. So he's great. You know, he's a comedy fan. So I think most musicians are stand-up fans. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's a good uh, energy between someone like him and me. I do what he wants to do, and you know, I, I'm a closeted like oh, I'd like to sing in a Limp yeah. Bizkit. Yeah. So, uh, but I've never seen a new metal concert. Oh, okay. I mean, Weezer doesn't count as new metal, do they? No, they, no, do. they no. do not. No, sorry. But it's a good track. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. that's as close as I can get to new metal. Okay. In terms of a concert experience. Okay. All right. Um, so Limp Bizkit is your is you it, say they're my it, favorite. They're your favorite. Okay. You said you can bring back one new metal band. Uh, does Stained count? They are new metal. Oh, yeah. I, I do like uh, one of their songs. When uh, The only reason I like it is when Roy Scheider died, the actor from Jaws. Someone did an amazing YouTube video of his career highlights to a Stained song. <laughs> what? Stained song? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a poser. I don't know. Okay. But I just looked up, who is this band? And I was like, wow, I love this song. Huh. It's, a more, it's a more melodic song because it's trying to go, hey, this guy just died. Uh, oh man, now I'm racking my brain. It's not Mud Shovel. No, it's no. not. No, I, I would. No, it's not Mud Shovel. Uh, so, but it doesn't uh, mean that couldn't be made. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, but in general, Limp Bizkit is my Led Zeppelin of uh, new metal. That's the right way to go, that's, I think. That, yeah, I think that's where we stand as well. Awesome. We wanted to know about. You have the Inappropriate Earl podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, it's like wrestling, it's roast rest battle. What do we got? It's wrestling, roast battle, and any 80s musician I can get my hands on. Uh, I lose a lot of interviews because uh, I make them come to my home. It's done in the vein of Mark Marin. You know, they, I do it in my living room. He does it in his garage. And uh, so I've had, like, the singer from Rat on, who's, like, my favorite singer of all time. Oh, okay. Uh, which, you know, some people will be like... Uh, but, you know, you like what you like. I've had uh, the drummer from Cinderella on and uh, a couple guys from Warrant. Because uh, I think that I, I try and pick guys who are bitter, but they're not completely bitter. Like, you know, like the guy from Rat, I said, did Nirvana kill you guys? Did that genre kill you guys? And he's like, no, we killed ourselves. You know, when Britney Fox has a, a band trying to emulate them, that's when we knew it was over. Because <laughs> yeah. they were a copy band of Cinderella. So, like, when the copycat bands... Are getting, uh, yeah. you know, followers. But it's a copy of a copy of a copy. Right, it's over. And that happened to new metal too. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, any, any. yeah, we're finding out. We're finding that out because we we had sort of like a base list that we were running off of albums to do, and now our listeners are sending us albums all the time, and uh, some of them are hidden gems, and some of them are most of them are really fucking rough. <laughs> to be yeah, I mean, it's like you got a band who was trying to sound like Limp Bizkit. And then they have a band who's trying to sound like them, and, and it just it happened to disco. It happened to boy bands. You had the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, and then you had like Old Town, degrees and which is they were yeah. a step below. And then yeah, well, 98 Degrees. That sound like it's just so. And then I think you're down to like was it a band five? Wasn't that five? One? Yeah, five? they're they're British, so oh. they were very huge oh. overseas. Okay. Well, there was a boy band that should have been huge, and I know this is new metal. Oh, it's okay. Go for but, it. They were called the Click Five, and they were like the Cars, but they played their uh, they played their instruments. Okay. And they were in Beatles type suits, and they were all great musicians. And they just never uh, they just got to the party too late. You said the Click Five? Yeah, they're so good. Yeah. Because that, that sounds like maybe they were. Because isn't that basically what the appeal of the Jonas Brothers was? Was they were like a young guys who dressed up who all played their instruments, right? Yeah, they were five instead of two. Uh, but, you know, like the Backstreet Boys, they did their thing, but had a backing band behind them. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I did see that concert. 
It's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Like, right. I'm the it? oldest guy in the arena by 20 years, but uh, the Click Five, it, you just, I don't know what, it's, it's puzzling how they weren't bigger. Because they were right. so good for that style. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they got to the party a little late. Mm. They were like an 80s hair band after Pearl Jam came out. Like, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. It's uh, That run is done. That yeah. Run it's, is uh, done. Yeah. We talk about that a lot, about the party. We honestly say that the new metal timeline is a party where there was, like, bands that were kind of setting up what the genre was. And then there was bands that were like, now it is that peak party. You're in the thick of it. Everybody's mingling. Everybody's just drunk enough. And then it's like this collapse, like this just the after point where it's just like, oh, man, it's over. It's the come down. Yeah. I mean, when this, it's over, it's over. Like, I think uh, for the hair metal bands, it was when uh, Smells Like Teenage Spirit, that video, not necessarily even the song, but the video came out because I think the the big video at the time was the warrant video for Cherry Pie. Oh, yeah. You had the drummer hitting the Cherry Pies, and then you cut to Dave Grohl, you know, hair everywhere going mad, and them destroying their instruments, and it's like, wow, that that's not that. So, and that seems cooler now. Yeah, yeah, and it was. And then, you know, New Metal, you know, Limp Bizkit made it kind of cool. And then, uh, you know, each successive band was like, that's not as cool. And then, yeah. Well, I think, it, I mean, the... The turning point people usually like to point to is the Strokes, the Strokes right, show, right. and then that was it. Yeah, because New York Cool came in, Interpol, yeah. Strokes. Yeah, and then and the White Stripes really hit around that time yeah. too. Yeah, and so New York like, Cool trumped Jacksonville Cool. And yeah. that's too bad. It is. It really is. Well, I mean, it's sad. Like yeah. you think you could be a, a platinum-selling artist, and then one new band comes out with a different look, different sound. And you're over. I mean, it's yeah. We we run into that a lot with a lot of albums we listen to. We go, this album is like what you want from a new metal album. Why right. didn't it hit? And then we look at when it came out, and it was like, oh, it it just it just came went. out in 2001. Yeah, in, in like yeah, November of 2001. It's like nobody wanted new metal after after 9/11. After 9/11, <laughs> truly. Well, I mean, I, the craziest thing about 9/11 was that the Drowning Pool single. Let the bodies hit the floor was released on that day. It was. It was. What? What? Really? That's what someone told me. I mean, I don't. I, I hope I'm not doing fake news right now. But, <laughs> I mean, if you sounds, are, it's it's gonna be okay. <laughs> but it matches up though with that timeline. Is right around when that album came out. Yeah, I think that's yeah. It's so, very near there. Yeah. Very near there. Yeah. Um, and then of course someone did a YouTube video of the people jumping from the oh, towers. Oh jeez. Because people are tasteless. Oh that's man. What they'll do. Somebody's got time with an avid machine. Oh, you know, I'll just throw this on top of that. Oh, I stopped going online after roast battle and. I said, oh, I wonder what the people on Reddit think of me. Oh, shit. Because I didn't know what Reddit was about. And I guess it's disgruntled Opie and Anthony fans. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, every post seemed to be by, uh, there's some way they labeled themselves O&A Jack or O&A Melissa. And it was like, oh, man, this is brutal. Like, death threats. This guy sucks. Our first negative review was from an O&A fan. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that the one that said, shut up, hole? Yes. Yeah. That, yeah, was, yeah. The, that, <laughs> was, that was the good. first comment <laughs> yeah. right out the gate. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Yeah. Well, at least very much on brand. Like, yeah. Well, a guy, a guy in the uh, comments of the AV Club told us to get cancer AIDS because we tried to promote our podcast. So that was cool. But I, I think they're jealous that you guys, much like my podcast, is kind of the same idea but with 80s metal. Like, Yeah. You know, in my case... Most of these people aren't getting interview requests anymore, but I love that. Like, it's an it's a genre that, and the two genres are very much kind of the same timeline in terms of they were hot and then two. Yeah, three they years, have a like uh, yeah. peak. So I love interview. I would love to interview the guy from uh, uh, the bass player from Limp Bizkit. Just, but who's asking him questions in 2018? Probably nobody. Well, that's the crazy thing is that now they're overseas. Uh, they're doing Germany and, right. and Europe and everything like that. Like the like the '80s bands were doing it ten years ago too. So it's like the same trajectory. Yeah, I mean they go to Japan a lot because in Japan, I could go over there and do an '80s metal show and they'd be like, "This guy's amazing." Uh, 
So it's funny how certain markets still hold on to the music, which is great for them and us that they you can imagine it's hard to want to do a new album if you're Limp Bizkit or right, Stained. Because yeah. yeah. they got to think like nobody wants to hear the new music. Yeah. When we're out there, everybody just wants to hear the same five songs. Yeah. That's why yeah. they paid the ticket. If we don't do those, they're going to be pissed. And they do a lot of festivals, right? Where it's like seven bands, kind of the same genre. Go up there. You got a 40-minute set. You better 40, play break stuff, man. You better play break stuff. You better play Nookie or Faith or, mm-hmm. you know. You Take better a look around. Rolling. Oh, you better play Roland. Yeah. Uh, is, that, I, is that your is that your top? That's my uh, kisses rock and roll all night. Uh huh. That's their rock and roll all night. You have to play it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But I will say, I think the only guy who, from that genre, older artist who covers new material, and I like, I want to hear this guy's new songs is Billy Idol. Uh, and I know it's he's certainly not new metal, but uh, although he did put a, kind of a new metal album out called Cyberpunk. Really? Really? Oh, okay. It's a you know his guitar player had just left him, Steve Stevens. You know the guy who looks like a Jersey Shore housewife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but can play better than anyone in any band we're talking about. So I don't mind his look. Uh, like I see him in concert still and you're like wow that's a good new song like you don't leave to go to the bathroom mm. uh, whereas when Kiss is doing something off of say Monster or Sonic Boom you're like you know let's check out the merch <laughs> yeah for sure yeah <laughs> well we definitely wanted to mention your podcast oh thank yeah. you very much uh, anything else that you needed or wanted to promote or how can people get in contact with you it's just uh, Earl Skakel on all social media that's uh, S-K-A-K-E-L it's a tough last name and if you like cartoons I play the voice uh, I'm the only white guy on an all black cartoon on Adult Swim oh I call the Jellies cool it's Tyler the Creator He's oh yeah oh yeah uh, it's his. Uh, he saw me at the comedy store one night, and uh, he's like, "I want you to play the voice of the dad on my show. Or you'll be the only white guy on it." And he said, "I've got one question for you," and I'm like, "What question could be so bad that it's make or break if I got the show or not?" He's like, "Are you comfortable saying the N word on camera?" And I'm like, "I can get paid." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Where's the studio? All right. <laughs> as long as you guys are cool with it, I'll oh, yeah, do. I'm like, yeah, the question is, are you cool with me saying it on camera? Yeah. I got no problem. So uh, if you like cartoons, it's on Adult Swim. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. All right. Well, Earl, thank you so much for stopping by. We appreciate it. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, oh no worries. No, no worries. But uh, thank you guys and girl. Thank you. Uh, thank All right. You Thanks so much, Earl. Okay. We are here with Craig Gass. Uh, Craig, you are a comedian and famed impressionist. Yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I'm usually funny. You might want to Google that. Okay. Um, but uh, I am also one of the biggest corn fans on the planet. This is great to hear. So my question was going to be, what brings you to Rock and Pod? Well, bring in my comedian friend, Courtney Cronin, who writes for a bunch of TV shows. She's also... Uh, executive produced a couple of roasts. Uh, we've done some roasts. We did a roast of Dee Snyder together, a roast of Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Oh, wow. And um, she told me about Rock and Pod and said, let's do a comedy show. So we're doing a comedy show tomorrow night here in Nashville at Zany's, which is a legendary local comedy club. And I said, yeah, let's do it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. So whatever awesome. you guys want to do. So. That's great. So huge corn fan. Biggest. Like, Probably, I, I mean, they might be number one. I love music. I love all kinds. Of, my, I always say my three favorite artists of all time, and I'm everywhere. I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, are Billy Joel, okay, Corn, and the Beastie Boys. That I am wow. way the fuck all over the place. Wow, we all are too. Yeah, uh, yeah. which is so it's awesome to hear that you're all over the place like that. Yeah, Corn yeah. actually is involved in what I believe is the greatest story of all time in my life. Please tell the story. If I tell you the story, I'm just telling you, uh-huh. we're not going to have time for anything else. 
but if you want to hear it, we got to go all in. Let's do it. Let's hear this. Let's hear the story. All right. I have a lot of friends in the music industry. Okay. Um, I used to work in music when I was a kid. Um, I used to manage bands from the time I was 15 until I was 23. Book and promoted shows before I got into comedy. And never made it in the music business, obviously, but, uh, but made a lot of friends. And um, whenever friends of mine are around with a day off, I always invite them to come to a comedy show. So I'm living in New York at the time, and Corn is in town with a day off. So I invited a couple friends from Corn to come to a comedy show. Uh, Monkey and um, uh, who came out? It was Monkey and Fieldy, who I actually don't know that well. And I think a couple of their crew guys, and they brought a couple guys from Lincoln Park. Oh, who wow. They were touring with. I don't know the guys in Lincoln Park. Well, they all come down and see the show. Afterwards, guys from Corn say, hey, by the way, this story is about to get really fucked up. Okay. <laughs> I'm just giving you a heads up. Okay. This story is really graphic. Okay, right. you're looking at me. Yeah, I'm okay. just... I, I'm ready. Because sure, we're, we're I, ready. We're I'm ready. realizing, should I be telling this, no, this story? Okay. Tell the story. All right, so I'm just going to apologize up front. So, <laughs> I, um, so we go, uh, we do the show. Afterwards, the guys from Corn say, hey... You should, uh, if any of the comedians here want to come see a show, we're performing in Camden, New Jersey tomorrow night, and we'll take care of all the comedians. Awesome. So I tell the comedians, the comedians are super fired up. The comedians are like, holy shit, we're going to go see Corn tomorrow. So we all convoy down to New Jersey. It's actually right outside of Philadelphia in Camden. And I end up in a car with a comedian named Big J Okerson who is on Comedy Central yep. now. And, yep. and uh, me and Big J and his girlfriend at the time, who he had just had a kid with, and he ended up marrying uh, Carla. So when we get to the venue, the band has arranged for us to park in the loading dock where all the trucks and buses are. So we pull into the backstage area, and we're parked next to the trucks and buses. And then when Corn goes on stage, we get escorted on stage to watch them. So we're standing on stage with Corn watching them perform. And then... Uh, I have really bad ADD, so I um, immediately, um, after about three or four songs, I, I start roaming around the venue. And as I leave the backstage area, I told Big J, hey man, I'll be back, I'm going to go for a walk. I leave the backstage area, there's two girls trying to get backstage and they're talking to a security guard, and as I walk out, they go, hey, can you get us backstage? We're trying to get back there, one of our girlfriends is there, and I don't know if you saw her, she's a really cute girl with red hair, and I go, I, no, I don't, you know, and they go, well, can you get us backstage? And I was like, well, you girls are hot, I don't understand what the problem is, that's what hot girls do, is you end up getting backstage. And they said, uh, well, you're not so bad yourself. And thinking they were joking, I said, well, then we should be making out right now. And they went, let's go. And I went, are you serious? <laughs> and they go, yeah. And I go, you guys want to make out right now? And they go, yeah. And I go, can you just hold on for one second? Just, 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 just hang on. And I ran backstage. I went to the production office. I said, dude, I need two passes. There's these girls out there. And they're like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And they gave me passes. I ran back out. And I go, hey, here's your pass. And now I see a third girl with them. And they go, hey, do you have a pass for her? And I go, who are you? And she goes, oh, I was just backstage. Um, I was, I was hanging out with Jeff. Do you know a guy named Jeff that works for the band? And I go, no, I don't. Just, you know what? Come with me. Just, we'll, uh, just I have an all-access pass, and I know there's an extra pass in the car, so follow me. So I walk them backstage, and we go into the loading dock, and uh, I go, stay right here. I go up on stage, and I go, Jay, I need your keys. And he said, for what? I go, I'll tell you in a second. Give me your keys. I go back down, go in the glove box. I pull out a working pass, and I give it to the girl, and I go, here, this is, uh, it's basically an all access. You can go anywhere you want. She goes, oh my God, thank you. And she leaned in to kiss me. And we started kissing, like kissing, kissing, like really wow. kissing. One of the other girls made a comment and we started kissing. Third girl made a comment and we started kissing. And then we started getting really weird in a really <laughs> public place. And I said, you know what? Get in the car. Everybody get in the car. And I unlocked the doors. We all jumped in the car. And for the next hour, we... Uh, Enjoyed each other? Yes. Yes. Okay. And uh, the way it, the, the, the set, the, the way it went down was I'm in the passenger seat uh, with one of the girls. Uh-huh. And the other two were in the back <laughs> coaching. Co okay. Oh, coaching. Okay. Okay. And, then, okay. and they yeah. would switch. And another girl would come to the front. And then the other girl would jump in the back. 
At one point, I saw flashes going off on the right side of the car. Corn is already done at this point. I see flashes going off. I look up. It's the front cab for the tour bus for the road crew for Corn. And it's filled with like 15 dudes in the cab going, yeah, taking pictures. <laughs> oh, my and God. And with one free hand, I just went, like, you know. And then um, there's a big finish. Okay. 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 And then... Um, and then I remember one of the girls in the back seat saying, like, we're all putting our clothes on. And she goes, oh, my God, Lincoln Park is on stage. We're missing Lincoln Park. Can we go watch Lincoln Park? And I was like, you girls can do whatever the fuck you want. That's, that's the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. You guys are so cool. We got to do that again. Can we hang out later? And then they said, sure. So they take off and I take off. I go uh, backstage and I find Big J. And Big J goes, dude, where the fuck were you? And I go, Jay, you're not going to believe this. I just fucked three girls at the same time in your car. And he looked at me and went, get, please tell me you're, you're joking right now. And I said, why? What's wrong? And he goes, that's a brand new car. And I go, who cares about you? Are you fucking serious? And he starts yelling at me at a level where I'm like, Dude, you're like, I really think you're putting on a show because Carla's here. Because he's going, dude, this is bullshit, we're fucking leaving right now. And I go, okay. And he goes, right now. And I go, all right, Jay, okay. So we start going out to the loading dock to get in the car and leave. And that is when this story becomes the greatest story. <laughs> oh, of oh my all God. Wow, this is really moving. Time. This is really moving. We get to the car. It's a big, boxy car, like an SUV. We get to the car, and Carla opens up the driver's side door, leans in for a few seconds, and starts screaming. Big J comes over to her side. What's wrong? She starts talking to him. He looks at me and goes, good job, Gas. Good job. And I go, what's wrong? He goes, uh... One of your girls stole $400 out of Carla's purse. Oh. Two minutes later, we realized there's jewelry missing from the car. And then two minutes after that, we hear a cell phone ringing in the car underneath the driver's seat. One of the girls left her phone, and it dropped underneath the driver's seat. She's trying to get her phone back. Carla picked up the phone and goes, hello? Hi. No, You know what? Um, no, we actually have your phone. Do you remember the car you were just at with our friend Craig? Yeah, well, we're at the car right now. Yeah, but but we're leaving. Uh, well, you need to come here right now. If you come backstage right now, we'll give you your phone. But you have to come right now. Okay, all right, bye. Hang the phone. She, she grabs a police officer. Excuse me, sir. Uh, we were just robbed. There were some girls in our car, and they stole money and jewelry. And they're coming back because they left their cell phone in our car. Cop gets on the radio. Uh, we got a robbery backstage. We're going to need some backup for a robbery. The backstage gate opens up a few minutes later and four cop cars pull into the backstage area, two cops per car. We have nine uniformed officers standing in a semicircle around Carla while she's explaining to them what has happened. And I'm 20 feet away, I'm, I'm a little bit away from that crowd when one of the guys from Corn walks up to me, or one of the crew guys from Corn comes up and goes, hey dude, what's going on over here? And I go, uh, those girls <laughs> fucked me. Uh, they uh, apparently there's money missing and there's uh, there's jewelry missing. And the dude from Corn was like, dude, "If you need any help, like if you, if you want witnesses, like we filmed it. I have the whole thing on film." And I said, "Yeah, I definitely want to see that." But but let, let's just let's see what happens and let's. A blue van pulls up to the backstage area. Two girls jump out. They start walking towards us and they go, "Hey!" And they see all the police officers and they go. Um, can we get our cell phone real quick? And Big J goes, yeah, uh, real quick. Uh, which one of you fucking whores stole money out of my girlfriend's purse? A door opens up to the van, and a guy jumps out. And the guy goes, you just call her a whore? That's my fucking wife. I'll kick your ass. He goes, that's your wife? Craig, get over here. Oh, my God. He goes, Craig, did you not just get done telling me that you just fucked all three of these girls at the same time in my car? Is that not what you just told me? Is that not what you told me? And then a second door opens up to the van. A second guy jumps out and goes, did you say this guy just fucked all of our wives? And I went, I didn't say anything. Like, I didn't. And every, everyone's, everyone's starting to ramp up, but there's police officers surrounding us. So it's, it's controlled yeah. argument when uh, one of the girls goes up to one of the police officers and says, listen, here's the deal. Um, 
we all just fucked this guy, but we didn't steal anything, and we don't want our husbands to know what happened. So can you please let us go? We would never steal anything. We don't, we're not thieves. Can you please let us go? The officer comes over to Carla and says, Carla, here's the problem. These girls have money, okay? But uh, you can't, you don't know whose money that is. As far as the personal items that you're describing, they don't have them. We have to let them go. And they said, okay, fine. We have to let everybody go. So they turn around, hey, everybody get in your van and get the fuck out of here. So everybody, all the husbands and these women all jump in a, in a van and they start to pull away. As they're pulling away in the van, all of Carla's personal items are underneath the van as it pulls away. So they go, oh my, and Brian, who was still in the band at the time, head, yeah. he, who was just before he quit, Brian was standing out there and he goes, hey, isn't that your stuff? <laughs> And they go, oh, my God, that's our stuff. That, that's our stuff that was stolen. And the officers get on the radio. Hey, we got a, a stolen van. Uh, we got a van with a, some of the stolen items, a blue van, New Jersey license plates. It's heading towards the exit. All the police officers on the property of the Tweeter Center go into effect to, to stop this van. They form a, uh, a blockade to leave the venue. The police, um, the helicopter for the Camden Police Department is flying overhead. They locate the van on the property and they give the location to the officers on the ground and the officers box them in and they pull all the girls out of the van and they do that near the uh, entrance to the concert venue. There's t this is, and now Lincoln Park is now coming off stage at this point. There's 20,000 people coming out of the venue and all they see is police cars and these girls up against the van. Only a couple people know what's going on and they're trying to tell everybody, dude, you see that guy? That guy fucked all three of those girls, and they're all going to jail. They're all going to jail. And people are going, dude, you're the man. You're the man. And I couldn't say anything, but I'm standing there going, this is the greatest day of my fucking life. Like, if you ever had sex with three women at the same time, you want police helicopters and and people cheering and Linkin Park performing. Like, this is a celebration. I mean, you definitely want Linkin Park there this for 100%. This is a celebration of... of Life, like I actually got late, like, and then uh, we end up at the police department in Camden, New Jersey, where everything I've told you is now part of city record at the Camden Police Department. So we can FOIA that if we you want. You can actually okay. find this information at the Camden Police Department, and we get there. I'm there with Big J and Carla, and uh, and one of the officers, a detective, came over and said, "Hey, which one of you guys is the one that was with these girls?" And I go. That was me, and he goes, "All right." He goes, "Come on." He goes, "I got a, I got an interview over here." We go into another room where the three girls are handcuffed on a bench, and uh -huh. I saw the girls, and I went, "Ladies," and I sat down, and the guy asked me, "All right, so what happened? These girls stole stuff out of your car?" And I go, "Not my car. It was Jay's car." And he goes, "All right, so just how'd you end up in the car?" And I go, "I met these girls. I gave them backstage passes. Uh, we started making out. And then we got in the car, and we, and we, we had sex." And the cop goes, "All right," and he's filling out the report, and he goes. And which one of these girls did you have sex with? And I went, all of them. Oh. And he goes, you. At the same time, I said, at the same. And every time the cop looks at me over his glasses and we make eye contact, we both start smirking. I was like, I, it's the greatest day of my life. It's the greatest day of my life. And as we're leaving the Camden City Police Department, one of the husbands, Big J, by the way, has told a version of this story where he has... Uh, made a much funnier version of the story that with inaccuracies that I ended up having to do his show to straighten out to the bullshit. The <laughs> yeah, because uh, it was clear in his version of the story that he's still very mad because he had just had a baby. <laughs> and I, I, he told me a story that I don't remember. He was so mad at me that night. We and His mom had to hold his baby until 5 o'clock in the morning before we could pick the baby up. Oh, my God. And oh. he tells me, and I don't remember this because I was still partying back then, he said on the way back to his place in New York, he said he still remembers the exit number. He said exit number 11 on the Jersey Turnpike. You actually came out of the back seat and leaned up and said... Those girls were hot, though, right? <laughs> and he said, I just, he goes, I wanted to fucking punch you right in the face. But yeah, it was, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. So, that is the craziest story. That is 
Indeed, as as promised. Craig, delivery. how can people get in contact with you, find you? Uh, send your uh, fucking lawsuits to <laughs> getgas.com. Get, get gas, gas with two S's. Do get, get gas. Getgas.com. All right, Craig. Thank you. Thank it's you. Been a pleasure. Uh, yeah. Congratulations on, uh, on your boning. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. for fucking. Congratulations on having sex. Yes. Good for, for you. For fucking three girls two times in one night. Yeah. It, it was it was the greatest night of my life. Um, you know, I'm not very athletic, but it's that's a moment where you go to Disneyland. I mean, the night is young. It's probably a little easier to get a pass to Rock and Pod, so you never know. I think that's kind of a moment in life that only happens once. Uh, right. I get the feeling, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, it's kind of a look at me kind of thing. Yeah, but thank you guys for Thanks. having me. Thank you so thank much you for being so on. Much. Thank you. Thanks for derailing our show, Craig. <laughs> Toby Wright, uh, famed rock producer of many of our favorite albums that we've reviewed on the show. Um, and we're just kind of, Toby, we're just kind of run down some of these albums, kind of ask you thoughts, opinions, stories that you might have from some of them. We know we don't have a lot of time, so cool. we're just going to dive right into it. Jenny, you had one that you wanted to ask about. Yes. First of all, thank you so much for sitting down with us. We are extremely excited to have you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank um, you. And I just want to know anything that you want to tell me about Follow the Leader. Follow the Leader. Oh, one of my favorite records. Coming up on the what the twentieth anniversary? Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go out and see them in uh, in Vegas for the show. Awesome! So that ought to be fun. Um, but it was a lot of fun to make that show in 18 weeks. Uh, yeah. Or that record in 18 weeks, and you know, it was I think one of my favorite experiences. What was it like? Was there like one thing in particular that you like keep with you that was like a, a high point, or like maybe a like ah, what are we doing here point? I guess no. Not really, like not one for sure. I mean, as you think. said that, you know, like five hundred things ran through my mind because there's so there are so many, you know, it was like eighteen weeks of every day, right? Um, and you know, there's so many different facets to that record, and, you know, and things that happened both musically and non-musically that mm -hmm. were both inspirational and non-inspirational <laughs> to, sure. to the music. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I think one of the one of the one of the best things was the the podcast or the, the webcast as they called it back then. Right. Um, you know that we did every Thursday, oh. and, and that was kind of fun. It was kind of new and breaking at that point, and uh, we had you know it was called No Work Thursdays, so we had this webcast that we were supposed to do live, and so we'd do that, and then Friday was couldn't work because everybody was too hungover and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday is Sunday, and then Monday is gloomy, and then Tuesday came around, and we'd work a little bit, and then Wednesday came around, and we'd write for the for the show, and then it was Thursday again. So, ta-da! Awesome. <laughs> you know, awesome. About, you know, two days worth of work, and we. Yeah. Um, I know um, this was their first record they had made with not without Ross Robinson, and that they were very nervous about working without him and that they had initially brought him in just to do like vocal work with Jonathan but then that kind of didn't work out and then he left. Is that basically a good yeah. summation of it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, it was after we got going and we got some you know things tracked and it was time for Jonathan to do his vocals, he got very nervous and um, he did bring in Ross and for, I don't know, maybe one or two songs um, and he ended up you know, abusing him as he does, mm -hmm. and uh, the, which Ross is famous for. Yeah. And uh, then that was the end of that, you know, and and Jonathan just decided he didn't need him anymore. Okay. Let me ask you this, because we talk a lot on the show about, we always talk about whatever producer works on a given album, and we kind of, because we don't know, we've never produced an album, like, um, I, we, but we can tell, like, obviously Ross Robinson is famous for being very aggressive and pushing people. Do you have a vibe that you set when you get into a studio with a band? Do you consider yourself a member? Are you are you still sort of like a dad? I mean, like, do you have like a, a, a mode that you go in when you work with a band? Inspirationalist. Okay. Um, you know, I like to be very inspirational, and in, in whatever way I can, right. you know, to get creative juices flowing. Um, 
kind of infamous for working with bands that are hard to work with and that have had problems in the past and you know so on and so forth and mm -hmm. so it, you know it's, it's an inspiration kind of a thing and how to motivate them um, and, to, and to get the best out of them for the time in their life that it's given yeah you know can you do better today than you did three or four years ago probably mm -hmm. you know but that's not the point you know yeah. the point is we're doing it right now and so this is the best we're going to get for right now yeah and, and i just love to inspire people and, and turn them into you know just have their creative juices come out and you know be recorded and, and preserved that's great um an album i wanted to ask about was seven dust home um, which uh, we've covered on the show, and uh, that was actually a big record for me when I was in uh, the end of high school. And uh, what was your relationship with Seven Dust? Like, how like how did you come to be involved with that? I was friends with JJ and, oh, okay. uh, and the A and R guy at the, at the time, um, who and uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> fair enough. I blanked on his name for yeah. a second, um, and you know we just we got. You know, my manager at the time was all, you know, very much into me doing this record. And I studied the band's music. I was like, oh, this is for me for sure. Mm -hmm. And let's, you know, let's really amp this one up. And we went down. I went down to Atlanta, um, did a, you know, a week or so. I don't remember the time frame of production, pre-production. And then we went up to uh, Longview Farm in Massachusetts. Continued pre-production because we didn't get all the songs that we needed down in Atlanta. There were lots of distractions because of the families and so on and so forth. And, you know, we just kicked butt up there and, you know, made some, what I think was some really cool stuff. That song with Chino is incredible. Just so amazing. I still listen to that and love that song to this uh, day. Yeah. Matt, did you have one that you want to ask Well, about? I wanted to talk about Soulfly's Primitive. Okay. Um, because of Max and just how big of a personality Max is, um, you know, he kind of coming out of the first Soulfly record into this one. Was his headspace different? Were you coming at him different? He was outside of Sepultura now. He's kind of really making his mark on this record. Primitive is such a strong song. It still has that Brazilian roots to it. Um, we love it. Uh, it went in. Went into our canon. It, it went into yeah, our canon. Um, so how is it working with someone like Max, who I, when I see him, I'm like, that guy is tremendous. He's big and out there. And you, like, just being here with you for the five, six minutes, you have a very calming, very, like, hey, all right. That inspirational thing that you just said, I can see it, because it's just like, oh, great. There isn't any putting on airs, and I see Max as a no-bullshit guy. So how was that in the studio? Uh, that's a good question. Um, we got along really well, I think. Um, there are some ups and downs to that whole thing, like there is with anything. Um, but I think as far as the music and the creativity, the band was just stoked. Um, we were in this little tiny studio in Phoenix at the time, and uh, I, you know I brought in all of my gear, and they already had gear there, but I brought in a whole another studio's worth, and we just had a blast and doing the same thing, in, inspiring him, getting him to keep going, and you know because there on that one there were some songs that weren't written yet. And so when we got in there, I remember uh, Marcelo and uh, the drummer just going, man, we need this stuff right here. And they'd start jamming, record. <laughs> and all of a sudden it would turn into a, into a song, you know. And then all of a sudden, hey, man, can I put some, some uh, percussion on that thing that we laid down a little while ago? I was like, yeah, we got about 15, 20 minutes. Go for it, you know. And so they'd put on some percussion. And all of a sudden it would build a track. And... You know, then some guitars would happen, and Max would hear it, and boom. Now he's in. There was a song. You oh, know, yeah. yeah. And if he, if he dug it, it was like, oh, hold on, I could do this. You know, give me this, you know, and I'll take it home and play with it and come back. So he did that a couple of times. And I think that's what made that one kind of special. You know, just kind of written on the spot kind of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, we really, we really like that album a lot. That is uh, a, quite, a, quite a record, yeah. Um, and then, not uh, not new metal, but I'm going to ask it, even though it's a bit of a devi divisive band for the room, for our podcast, uh, Alice in Chains, self-titled. Okay. I'm a big Alice in Chains guy. Me These too. These two are 
not so much in Alice in Chains. Whatever. They're friends. People have their flaws. It's okay. Um, but I, I love that self-titled Alice in Chains record. So many wonderful songs on it. Um, and for some people, I know a lot of people that consider it their peak record. I know some people think it's dirt, but, you know, this record. So, like, what was that like? Because I know a lot of people said it's a, it was a more tumultuous time for the band. It was. Um, but I think that you know, again, the creativity, that's where, you know, that was, that's one of those bands that, you know, was deemed a little bit hard to work with, mm-hmm. and so I came in and, you know, tried to be very inspirational in setting up an atmosphere that was conducive to Lane wanting to work, mm-hmm. um, and Jerry wanting to work, and just, you know, yeah, let's get this done, and have some fun doing it, you know, and I remember we had a whole bunch of songs, and, you know, at that point it was still two-inch, and, Pro Tools was out there, but yeah. wasn't allowed to bring it into the studio. Uh. <laughs> but that's okay because you know it shows definitely that you know they can play, mm. right? And right. So it's it's all about you know when you're when you're doing it on tape, like the old school style. It's all, you know you can't stop and duplicate and all that nonsense. And, mm-hmm. You know oh, I'm just gonna re- prepare the drums and duplicate them, dude. And you know oh, we'll be done. It doesn't happen like that. You know yeah. you got okay retake. <laughs> play it better yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think uh i know that we're running right at the edge but a question that kind of came to me is hearing you talk like in hearing the spirit of when you're recording sometimes it sounds like the band's got it and they're coming in and they know what they want to do and they're kind of like you good with this we're good with this let's get this thing going but then hearing about the soul fly where it's kind of like hey we've got this spirit what do you think of or when you hear about like artistic process or you hear things like the creative process i think sometimes people undersell that some of that is doing it there's a guy going for it i know right in, in this thing but like what do you, i think people say like creativity is like a spark and it's just magic and it's there and sometimes yes lightning strikes and you can capture something that's never been captured before that's right but what do you look at or what do you think of when you think of the creative process? Just that is capturing that magic, um, and you know when it's happening. You know, it's like you know, I get chills all up and down my body. It's like, oh, here it is. You know, and all of a sudden something will happen, and you might miss it. It might be like you know, ten seconds long, and you might be paying attention to something else. You know, and then all of a sudden you play it back, and it's like, whoa, did you hear that? That's right. crazy. We're uh-huh. keeping that. No, man, that was a mistake. Well, what I call a happy accident. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, are, that's those, where it was. Those are beautiful. And and I try and mark all those spots whenever, you know, because I run tape or whatever continuously. Um, you know, I'll just hit Pro Tools and go and, you know, just sit there and, okay, and I'll talk through the whole thing and we'll just let it go. And if they're writing a song, the best way to capture it is just like that. Because, you know, okay, try it again. Just do it again. Let's get more familiar with it. Let's try it again. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe the second verse will light up and something will happen with a vocalist or he finds a good melody all of a sudden. And you want to preserve that because sometimes they don't remember it as they're doing it. It just mm-hmm. flows out. Like, what did I do in that chorus? I, ah. If you don't have it recorded, you have no idea. Right. You know, I could try and sing it back to you, but it's not going to translate whatsoever because I'm not a singer. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Can you sing that like that again? <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we're running right up out of time, Toby. Uh, anything that you are promoting, plugging, anything you're working on? Are you working on any albums right now? Or? I'm uh, working on a band called The Katie's out of uh, Murfreesboro. Okay, um, cool. For 1RPM right now. Um, that's, you know, it's just a mixing little little thing that I'm trying to help them out with. Okay. Um, and there's my, my band called Bells Into Machines. Ooh, okay. Um, with Paul Barker and Chris Connolly. All right. From Ministry. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Named, uh, and a guy named Brian Demar. And uh, it's an interesting record that we put together all in, you know, we've all never actually been in the same room together. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is one of those records that you're going to hear that, you know, is, is it, it went around and started with somebody and went around to everybody on a hard drive type thing, ended up at me. I added or took away or did whatever and mixed the songs, and then we're done. That's amazing. That's so great. So check it out at bellsintomachines.com. All right. Awesome. We definitely will. Well, Toby, Toby Wright, thank you so much for being on our show. We appreciate it. We are all big fans. Um, 
if you go through our episodes, we talk about you all the time. We do. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of, I feel creepy now that we're just like, oh, he's so good, though. Yeah. And now here you are. Yeah. <laughs> bad things about me? No. No, no you're, in sure. our, you're in our producer's I, hall No, of the fame. worst thing that we've ever said is that I'm... I missed Alice in Chains as something that was formative to me. Okay. That's the worst thing I've ever said that could be traced back to you. Okay. But no, no. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, all, all good, good things. No, just yeah. kidding, Jen, thanks. Yeah. No. All right. Well, thank you so much, Toby. Enjoy the rest of Rock and Pie. I will, and thank you very much. I'll leave you guys. I'm recording this. Toby oh Wright is the fucking nicest guy god. on the earth. Oh my god! So far, I've been. You you've taken I, it I on the fucking it chin, on the Jen. Fucking chin. I want to cry. He was so nice. So He's nice. Such a great vibe. So nice. Such a chill dude. Oh wow, that was great. We could talk to him for like an hour. It was Easy. 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 Oh my god. I think he liked. Hot. Do you think he gives this card to everyone? I don't know. I don't think so. I'm going to assume the no. I'm, assu- I'm going to say that this is the only time he's given this card to anyone today. Oh, my God. He was amazing. We're, we have a Toby Wright business card. It's a nice card. It's Dude, a nice card. The card stock on this card is pro level. <laughs> it's, it's straight up American Psycho right now. We're just comparing this card to other cards we got in our wallets. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put this in my wallet for safekeeping right now. Um, okay. Rock and Pod continues. This day has been a roller coaster. It yes. certainly has. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where Jen has just been barreling towards the earth. I swear to God, I was like, I don't know if I can keep fucking doing this and being nice. <laughs> Toby writes Yeah, amazing. Toby writes Toby amazing. right. Toby right. He oh came my through huge. Huge. Oh my God. He, he didn't bite his tongue but he measured his words. Oh, with the corn stuff? For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I liked when he said, yeah, Jonathan didn't need him anymore. Like, yeah. did Jonathan he, not need him anymore? He outgrew him. He didn't need him anymore. Hey, Jonathan, you know he don't need anymore? Ross. I would join a cult that he was the leader of. Absolutely. And also, who the fuck were we staring at at us? I don't know. Toby Wright's doppelganger. Because <laughs> I, I was fairly sh- certain it was that. Um... I will say maybe my biggest win of this so far was when I said we were staring at some dude that we thought was you, and he smiled. <laughs> and you straight up made him laugh. Like, you. Uh, and then I was uh, like, okay, I'm just going to ask you about artistry because I'm like, he was in. Here's the thing. He was into every question, man. He was into it, you know? Yeah. And look, he's, he's in an interview right now. I feel like we put him in the right headspace. He's not in the headspace of like, hey, this sucks. Or, yeah. Guys, we interviewed Toby fucking right. We, that was great. We, the boys did it again. The boys, the boys and did girl it. did it again. Who now. is this pulling up oh to God. the microphone? He's hopping on. He's hopping on. He's putting on cans. What are we talking about? We got Josh Toomey yeah. of the Talk To Me podcast. We've talked about you so much on this show. Fantastic. But is his mic on? His mic is on, but it's not. It's pointed at his chin. Yeah, you got to get... And in Rockin' Pod, if you're not talking right into the barrel, you ain't hearing shit. Yeah, you got to get right into it. This is much better. There oh, you go. There you go now, you're, now you're good. Down in the mics. Um, so we just interviewed Toby, right? You did. And it was yeah. amazing. It was a dream. What a guy. Real yeah. zen experience. Yes. We were all just sort of floating for 15 minutes. And then he gave us our, his business card. And we floated even higher. Um, yeah, it was amazing. How's your Rock and Pod been? Rock and Pod 2018 has been fantastic. Get to hang out with you guys in person. I love it. And uh, everybody just hanging out. It's good times. Yeah. Have you done any interviews yet today? Or I did Erie Vaughn this morning. Okay. Um, and then I have Craig Gas coming up, which I saw you guys had a few minutes ago. Yes, yes. we did. He told us a story. He told about us a story. Fucking three women. <laughs> so ask him about it. If you, if you ask him about it, it will take the whole time. But yeah, he used the whole time up. He did fuck three women at a corn concert once. Wow. So. Yeah. Corn and Lincoln Park are on like the fringes of the story. Yes. Nice. The, the, they, Which, to be fair, from his perspective, they were. <laughs> they were. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, yeah, we talked to Toby and we talked to Earl Stakel, and we're. Uh, 
waiting to speak to other people down the line. Nice. I'm not going to say to who, because you never know how the day is going to go. So, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Matt has. Do we want to talk about your your new metal acquisitions? I have procured a POD T-shirt. I have procured two issues of Guitar World. <laughs> One has West Borland on it. Nice. And the other has the uh, System of a Down Darren. Darren on it. System of I like it's like System a collectible. System of a Darren. System of a Darren. Yes. And, Very uh, good. That is. That's the prize pack so far. Yeah, it's it's not a there's not a lot of new metal. To this was from. the conversation I had with the guy I bought the T-shirt from. You got any Slipknot stuff? Oh fuck! <laughs> like, yeah. Instantly, he's like, "Man, I got so much of that shit back home." But like, I didn't think anybody would want that. And then I look at him and I go, "Well, I am the minority today." And then I stuck my tongue out, made the devil horns, and put on Peter Chris makeup. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And, by the way, I know that Peter Chris didn't stick his tongue out. I don't need KISS fans. Corrected me. <laughs> I don't think any KISS fans listen to our podcast. So <laughs> no, no. That's true. How much of a KISS fan are you, Josh? You know what's funny is KISS is the band that got me into hard rock and heavy metal. Oh. Um, the story is, was when I was nine, my cousin came over with double platinum on vinyl and played me rock and roll all night, which is a terrible song now. But that day, I sat there with the record needle, just setting it back, setting it back over and over, and then uh, got into my grandmother's makeup, made myself up as Gene Simmons or whoever else for, for months on end. So yeah, Kiss is my, was my gateway to, uh, to all of this nonsense. All right. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. What? So, what? what? do you want me what? to be like, you... okay, well, what do you think that means about your psyche? <laughs> like... Let's uh, cycle no, I think that's no, great. We, we just we responded have... like robots. We... <laughs> that well, is very just... nice. We no. really like enjoyed you. that story. Josh, Shua, thank <laughs> you so much. Well, what I was really thinking about that was I was thinking back to like the band that got me into this kind of stuff, which was Rush. And I Terrible think, band. Oh, my God. Don't troll me. I'll push you off this booth. <laughs> but I think that there's something interesting about like a band like that where it is so much like showmanship and doing all that kind of stuff. And like you wound up playing in bands and doing those kinds of things. Whereas something like Rush is a lot more... It's a lot more like inside. Like it's for a lot more of like an introverted, I think, crowd. And so I wound up becoming a software developer <laughs> and so i just would be curious to know like the people who are into this genre like what was the first thing that got them into it and and what do you think you could draw out about their personality about those things so that was what i was processing when i said awesome like uh, okay fair enough so what do you think what got you into this lauren oh man i'm nirvana nirvana was the one i heard nirvana never mind and that was it Rock and roll all night. Party sometimes, but mostly just rock and rolling at night. Because during the day you're in school. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you, I mean, I was a sensible kid in that capacity. Um, rock and roll all night, get right. good grades during the day. During the day. That would yeah. have been a, yeah, that might have been a worse song. Remix. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Charles me and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, there oh, he is. Shit. Sometimes, sometimes you got you want to get it going. But you can't because it's hard, and then you do good in school. Char yeah. Charles, what brings you to Rock and Pod? Yeah, I'm just trying to drop my demo. Oh. I, I don't know much about music marketing. There's a lot of people with makeup on. I don't know how it works. Have you have you thought about giving your demo to Toby Wright? Yeah, man, he's too cool. <laughs> he's way too cool for my demo. He'd be like, uh-uh, no thanks. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, you are one of the youngest people here. Yeah, there's Rock that guitarist Pop. who's 18, who's a virtuoso. Uh -huh. And then there's me, who raps over beats he steals from YouTube. Yeah, that's still pretty good. That's still pretty good. I think you guys are bad at even playing Yeah, field. doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah baby, I came too. No, oh, Prowlar. Yes. Oh, my God. Josh, this is your first time on with Prowlar. Anything you want to ask him? What took you so long to get here? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. I, I put my thumb out. In Roseville, Michigan. Oh, boy. I, uh, 
I made it down here with a girl that had a bumper sticker that said ass, grass, or grass, or ass. It was a real confusing bumper sticker. <laughs> so which one did you give? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, well, listen to Craig Gass's story from earlier. <laughs> I gave her a hearty handshake and a thank you very much. All right. Uh, what are you most excited for at Rock and Pod? Oh, uh, I got to tell you, Deep V next. <laughs> I haven't seen any of those yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is the place for it. Oh, man, um, I'll tell you what. If I see a Deep V neck, I'm going to go murk that guy <laughs> and put it on myself. I need some summer wear. It is too hot from the Prowler. Oh, man. The Prowler? It is, it is, it is incredibly hot here in Nashville. Um, it's 90 degrees, baby. Yeah. Um, Jenny, That's all I have to say about the weather. Your bushes are not cool either. Oh, they're yeah. All, no, I, know. I thought Very you said cool my bush. bush. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in the... Uh, oh, no. I'm Craig Gass. No. <laughs> I'm in the mode of just talking to people who perhaps don't often interface. <laughs> um, but, yes, no, my bushes are not cool. <laughs> my bush is cool as hell. <laughs> Very inviting. <laughs> oh, we'll be back God. with more Roach Coach Roach. after this. Yeah. Bye. And there you have it, the end of part one of the Roach Coach podcast at the Rock and Pod Expo 2 in Nashville, Tennessee at the Nashville Palace. As you can tell, we had quite a time, and there's still more to come. Be back here next week for part two. We talked to Tom Hazard, a man I dubbed the Forrest Gump of New Metal, and Kenny Olson, guitarist for Kid Rock and possibly our new best friend. New co-host? I don't know. Definitely tune in. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the episode. This is new, un- undiscovered terrain for us. Are we good at it? Are we terrible? I don't know. Let us know. And uh, we will see you all next week. There's no one to say thank you to except you guys. So thank you for listening. Bye-bye.